As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hi there, I'm Jay Comfrey. Welcome to the Premier League Tonight podcast. The Premier League's best debate show is now available as the Premier League's best podcast and you can find us on iTunes, Acast and wherever else you get your podcasts. Joining me at Old Trafford to discuss another day of Premier League action, Paul Scholes, Martin Keown and Owen Hargreaves. And as the Premier League begins its final round of fixtures before the new year, there is much to discuss at both ends of the table. So sit back and enjoy. Without just sitting there and saying Man United weren't good enough, why did they not deliver yet again tonight? Why are their performances so slow? Why is it so insipid? Why is it not changing and why is it not working? What's going on here? I thought the last five minutes they had a go. Before that, they were just... I thought they were passive. I thought they, I didn't, they didn't make enough runs in behind. There wasn't enough forward passing. I thought out of possession, it, it was flat. They, you know, it was easy for Southampton. But we saw all that at home, but why? Like, what, what's going on here? Look, I think any time that team just got battered off Tottenham 5-2. You know, they're 15th in the league, struggling. Got a new goalkeeper, and the centre-forward hasn't scored in 27 games. Just go get at them. You know, go press them, go put them under pressure. Every time Southampton had the ball, it's like United had a default shape, and they just dropped into it almost in their own half. And it was easy for Southampton almost to play around them. They almost matched them in possession, mm. match them in terms of shots on target. You'd have to say, watching the game, Southampton deserves something from the game. What did you think of Martin's comment that they're, they're sort of wilting under the gaze of Jose Mourinho and he's having almost an adverse effect on a player like Luke Shaw when he's standing 10 yards away from him on the, on the side of the pitch? Uh, I think players need to be bigger than that. They need to be, be able to take a little bit of stick from your manager. We all, as players, had a stick from your manager. You have to be able to take that. You have to be bigger. If you're at this club, you're playing at a big club for a reason because you're a very good player and mentally you should be prepared for whatever's coming your way. But they're only human. and I, I, People watching this will do many different jobs and all of them will feel the same. That If they've got a manager, a line manager, a boss who's constantly wanting more, asking more... Yeah, but he, he has every There's right that to moment where you just can't right deal with it anymore. The players on the pitch, I'm not sure what Scholes you think, I think it needs a, another leader on the pitch. I think it needs somebody to... A leader. The game just, just got away from them. The, uh, five minutes left and all of a sudden mm. the tempo changed, a bit of urgency and you thought, oh, they're going to have a goal now. It was, it was the 90th minute. Do you think they have a leader at the moment? Of course they have leaders, Who? but they're silent. Because well, in silent. the build-up, you said they didn't. You they, didn't look, feel they had a leader. They're quite silent leaders. You know, you think about De Gea, as brilliant as he is, best goalkeeper in the world. He's, he's relatively quiet. Pogba is so gifted, but he's not, a, he's not the most vocal. Who Are you going to rely on Martial? Are you going to rely on Rashford or Lingard or Mkhitaryan, who's struggling for confidence? Matic is a brilliant player, but he's, but he's relatively quiet. You know, Luke I think, Shaw, though, the leaders that, you, you know, over the years, Brian Robson's, Roy Keane's, they, they demand more of their player. I didn't see, a, a, you know... 
somebody waving a fist in, you know, come on, let's get more, let's, where's yeah. the urgency? It seems to come from, from the manager, and I don't feel there's a great harmony between them, and I do definitely feel that Luke Shaw's been affected by this. There was one ball rolled to him on the touchline, the manager's barking information at him before he receives it. No, be quiet. That's my moment on the pitch where I go and play. Luke Shaw needs to put the manager completely out of his head and go and play. It's easy to do. I saw that kid at 16 years of age play. Uh, I was watching the Southampton youth team play against Reading. Uh, it struck me straight away how naturally gifted he was. He got the ball, he knocked it inside, he ran, he kept his run on, he had a beautiful cross at the end of it. And straight away I thought, he's going to be a player. Just point him in the right direction. Tell him what he's good at. At the moment, the handbrake's on. His career now is going, he's hitting the buffers and he's allowing the manager, for me, to get into his head. If it's my son, I'd say, don't listen to him. Go and play your own game because you're trying to please him, but Mourinho, you can never please. It doesn't work. It's but, not hard. It's not but it does work, good. though, because it has worked for Jose. Isn't he just doing what he's always done and he's... He's won umpteen trophies. He's experienced, isn't he? he? Like you say, he's been doing this job for a long time. He's been doing it very well, so he, he knows what he's trying to get. For me, a lack of, a real lack of leadership on, on, on the pitch. Martin was saying about Brian Robson and Roy Keane. And, oh, there's young players out there that need help. They need coaching at times on the actual pitch. And you think of the experience Matic has got at Chelsea, what he's won there. Yeah. Someone like him, needs, they're too nice to each other. They need to be having a go at each other. If... I knew, or we knew as young players, if we weren't doing what we were supposed to do, we would get a rollicking, not just from the manager, from Roy Keane, from Brian Robson, from Gary Palace, or Steve Bruce. It's these young players coming to this team and they're not being helped by the more experienced players. But it's also an arm around the shoulder when you need it as well, isn't it? It's not just being barked at from those players, no? Oh, yeah, exactly. Some players need different things. Some players need, need a rollicking. Some players need a... I don't, know if I, ever met, I don't know if I ever met a player who enjoyed a rollicking. Let's be fair... A well done is an whole lot better than, you know, some players react differently to it. Mkhitaryan's not enjoying this new environment the manager's creating, plucking me out of the team and throwing me away and then snatching me yeah, back in again. He's I, not able to cope and he's been a great player in I'm Germany. Much, I, I know, I, Martin's right, every player wants an arm round. But you know what, I had a, I've had managers who at times, are, are, you know, are probably hated. You know, at times, but it didn't affect the way I played on the pitch. I would, when I went on the pitch, I wanted to rip somebody's heart out. That's just the way you play. Doesn't matter if you're 34 or if you're 18. Walking onto this pitch is a privilege. You have to play with energy and enthusiasm. How come it takes? It's not Mourinho's fault. Of course, sometimes he's maybe a bit too critical, and everybody would prefer somebody to be nice to them, like their dad is, or you know, coaching them. But you know what? Go play on the pitch. Go invest all the energy that you have. Can they walk off that pitch today and say they did everything they had to their capability? No. No, no chance. No. It doesn't matter if the manager's nice or not. You agree, don't you? Nodding your head throughout that. There's a balance there. Mm. There's a balance there. And I think eventually, as a young player, that when you, trans you make that transition into a man on the pitch, you you're in ownership of everything you do on the pitch. And one or two are looking to the manager for support, and I'm not sure it's coming. OK, let's get the thoughts of a couple of fans who are at the game today. Stephen and John, here they are. Wow, totally unexpected point there for Saints. Uh, just wasn't expecting that at all. Man of the match for Wesley Hoot, which is hilarious, obviously, because he's not the £75 million Dutch defender. And um, Paul Pogba, thank you so much for poking that shot in and making it offside. You're an absolute legend for Saints today. Somehow that's ended up nil-nil and I, I have no idea how and I have no idea what exactly is going on with United at the moment. Some feels broken. Jose's mentioned that pretty much needs to sell to be able to buy in the transfer window. Everyone's looking at January now saying what can we possibly get in. 
Scolzi, talk to me. Who do you reckon needs to be shipped out for us to be bringing in? What do we need to be looking out for bringing in? And who out of this lot today? He's not going to be staying with Manchester United much longer. Lovely Stephen Housen there from the full-time Devils. There's a question for you. Who needs to be shipped out? Quite a few. <laughs> no, I'm all good. I, I don't know. I, I, I think Hold you, on. <laughs> well, I think United miss a, a real footballer. Yeah. Just that one person who, who makes a team tick, makes a team play like a City have got De Bruyne. Isn't that what so. Paul Pogba was supposed to be, though? Do you know what you say? Like, you, you watch him at Juventus. I watched him a lot at Juventus because Juventus is a really good team. He... He was a runner, he was a worker in that team. I'd seen him sprint to balls, he's sprinting to make tackles, he's scoring goals. And the footballer, the man who controlled the game was Pirlo. Now he's been asked to do that at Manchester United, it's not, it's not what he does best. Okay, he was alright today, some, some good passing here and there, but he's affecting the game further forward for me. He needs to be more involved. He's not a, a player who all of a sudden makes a team tick and makes a team play like a maybe a, a Modric or a, a Tony Cruz. He's he, he, He's being asked to do that job, and that's not his his best role for me. Agree, hundred percent. He's playing diagonal balls for fun. You want him in the box. Yeah. You want him at the end of all of these things. Get him in there. I think Lingard comes into the team, and since he's done that, as good as Lingard's been, Pogba then has gone deeper back into into position, and he's not really picked up. I, I wonder if he's. He doesn't look anywhere near as fit as he did when he played for Juventus. I, I wonder whether he's training properly, whether he's. Looking after himself, bro. Is he is he doing the right things? He's he's looking after player now. Is it because of the role he's being asked to do? I, I probably think so because, like I said, he's, he's not a Pirlo, he's not a Modric, he's not a Tony Cruz. He's more of a, a person who will win games for you, and that's what you pay ninety million pounds for. You can't say there wasn't enough pace as well at the top of that team. You look at Martial, Lingard, Rashford. They're rapid. Mm, They're yeah. just not having the same effect as a Liverpool would or, or a City would. It's that change of pace, isn't it? And then being able to really make things happen in the final third. I don't think these players realise the quality they have, the speed, the power, the strength Paul Pogba has. Nobody in England should, should be able to get near him. But for some reason, he, he's not sure. I say for some reason, I think the reason he's being asked to do a role where he's not comfortable. Scott, don't you think at some point, Paul Pogba... They're gonna. The manager is gonna have to say, like they did with Frank Lampard, with you know, goal scoring midfielder, Kante, yeah. best player in the world out of possession, De Bruyne, best assist. For me, I watch Paul Pogba and I think he can literally do everything. Everything. She passes short, long headers, free kicks. He can tackle. But at the moment, you can't guarantee you'll say he'll get me 20 goals. You can't guarantee and say he'll get me 20 assists out of possession. I thought him and Matic got completely overrun yeah. at times in midfield, and I think it's. Probably the club's job, the manager's job, to say, yeah. I want this from you from now on. I want 20 goals or I want 15 assists, 15 goals. Yeah. Right now, he's, he's very good at everything, but he's actually not a, a master of one specific thing. Yeah, I, I don't think he is very good at everything. I don't think he's good at controlling games of football. I just don't think it's his strength. He needs to be at the end of it, doesn't he? He needs to be at the end of it. He needs to be the one creating chances, scoring goals. When, he, when he's in that deep role, he's OK. To, do you know what? He probably does the best things in every game of football he plays in, but he outweighs it by the bad things he does. Mm. By giving the ball away. He, he didn't do it too much today and taking too many touches, trying to do stupid things in the middle of the pitch. What? He, he, he's not his game. That's why I say these players, they need to realise the strengths. You, I, I trained with Paul Pogba when I was, what, 34, 35, and he's so strong, he's so quick. I know I'm slow, but <laughs> yeah, honestly, you, you can't get near him. And he never uses his... He don't use his strength. Now, that's... His manager needs to turn that, but he needs to realise that himself. I think as well, the player, you talk about the player, but the manager gives the player the platform, doesn't he, to be the best he possibly can be. Yeah. And when we 
we're coming back to the manager again, I know, but we're looking at City, and I want to talk about City and De Bruyne and what they do, but their manager's giving them the canvas to them to go and do what they do. Yeah, but we, we don't know. Do he, might, he might be getting that. We don't know, do we? But he's asking him to play too deep, isn't he? So he well, should be. I, I, but I, think even, I think even Scalzi, correct me if I'm wrong, you, at some point you would have recognised in that game, I'm too deep, you know, I, I need to get closer to the box, and... Matt, you know, Matic, what, he had three shots from distance? Yeah. That's, Pogba should yeah. have been taking those shots. He should have said to Matic, stay there, I'm going mm. to go affect this game. I think I said in commentary at about 40 minutes, I want to see Paul Pogba grab this game. Mm. Because it was there to be taken. And at no point did United, I don't think they deserve to win the game today. I really don't. And that's a, really a credit to Southampton, a team that's struggling in 15, change the goalkeeper, have a set and forward that can score. And really, coming here should have been scared, and, and, and they weren't. Absolutely fascinating. Um, and people on social media getting in touch to, uh, to say this is the way to be talking about Manchester United. Um, a couple of very quick questions for you. What would Fergie have said to the players in the dressing room after that performance? I think we'd be locked in there for quite some time. Yeah, um, his, <laughs> I think so. Uh, Rob says, serious question as to whether Jose Mourinho is capable of delivering the flair that Manchester United need to show as a club. We are boring, pragmatic team. He says Ancelotti next season. Uh, one thing I just can't quite get straight in my head from the three of you, for a performance like that, repeatedly, for the last three games, being so off the pace compared to City, is it an issue with the players or an issue with the manager? Where are we at here? Well, the fact is they're behind the best team we've probably seen after 21 games in the history of the Premier League. Well, the third now, Chelsea are second. You know, it hasn't been all that poor, you'd have to say. Would they finish sixth in the league last season? You know, they, they are improving, but the point is City are way, way ahead. And sometimes I think the manner in which they've played certain games, Liverpool away, you know, the derby, I think there's performance where people just wish they'd have a go. Today they didn't, today they won't. Yeah. Player or manager? It, they, What's the... <laughs> it's, not one, it's not one or the other. Marie, Marie, They're all in it together. Listen, Mourinho is, is obsessed with success. This, and Guardiola is now clearing up alongside. This happened in Spain. Yeah. And then it, it, to be honest, we don't want to see what happened in Spain where the games, whenever they played with each other, would just be unsightly. And it wasn't a great advert for football. You know? But Mourinho can go that way. But he's a, he, he is a top manager, there's no doubt. He's not comfortable with the way things are. He's sitting there in a disdainful manner towards his players. Saw it against Bristol City. And in fairness, Bristol City did very well in the match. Didn't get the credit from Mourinho they deserved. And it was a game match. City, uh, Man United probably didn't deserve to win. And he's, he's turned on his players a little bit. But you've got to love your players mm. through thick and thin. You need them throughout the season. And I think that what he said at the end for me, in, in what he said afterwards, he, put, he kept a lid on things. Someone said to him, Mourinho, don't talk for 20 minutes, which he's, we've seen him do in the Chelsea press conferences when he's lost it. Yeah. Someone said, keep it simple, keep it quiet, let's keep this in-house. And that's what he needs to do now, and build this team and bring the confidence back up again. Because, you know, having sat with you here all afternoon, I think that you think that those United players are good enough to compete with Man City. Yeah, of course they do. But for some reason, they're not performing, the, the manager's not getting the best out of them. Why? I don't know. But the talent is there. The okay. talent's definitely there. You think, you look at Rashford and look at look at Martial. Then you look at Sterling. You look at Sane for Man City. Them two should be as good as them. Scott, you honestly think United player for player could match City? Yes, they player for player. <laughs> 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 I mentioned two. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, right, a uh, big old day in the Premier League today. Let's have a look at the headlines from today. First of all, Reds salivating. Mo Salah, what an introduction to life in the Premier League. We're going to be talking about surprise players in the Premier League this season. Plenty of people on social media have been talking about him today. Liverpool won again today. Capital punishment. We will talk in a moment about the team that Mark Hughes named to go to Chelsea. He basically said before kickoff, we're going to get nothing from this game. And it was indeed capital punishment as they conceded five goals, three of them in the first 25 minutes. And there were Stoke fans reportedly leaving after 25 minutes. And Swans strike late. They needed that at Swansea. New managers come in. They won their first game today against Watford. Let's hear from Mark. He's a Swansea fan. And we are singing hymns and arias. Land of my fathers. Ahidenos. Three big points for super, super Carlos. Come on, you jacks. That is what a win can do for you when your club have been struggling as much as they have. Did you like that? Good singing? It was all right. Um, It's important, though, isn't it, to go in there. And as much as Watford threw it away in some ways today, they had a great opportunity to make it 2-0 through Troy Deeney and and, uh, Andre Grain didn't take it. Um, To go in there as a new manager, it gives you immediate momentum, doesn't it, getting that win today. And they're in such a fight down the bottom. Well, looking at them, you just didn't think they could score. Losing Lorente, Sigurdsson, the the two key players going forward, low scores in the division so far, finding a way. I mean, I know Watford play open, sometimes probably ridiculously open, but Swansea, when you need a win, and they desperately needed one to change, well, I think they had 12 points up to that point, yeah. you know, it gives them at least half a chance and changes their momentum a bit more positively. AU scoring again off the bottom of the table, you know, yeah, suddenly that changed the momentum. It looked like they couldn't buy a win. Suddenly yeah. now they get one, and uh, it's put everybody under pressure above them. It's really concertina the, the league, everyone looking over their shoulder now, and who knows, they might be able to pull it off. Martin's right, you know, because you've got Bournemouth who are struggling, suddenly they pick up a win against Everton. You've got Swansea who suddenly pick up a win out of nowhere. It's so tight, isn't it, down the bottom? It's, it's, kind of, it's hard to pick the three worst teams in the league at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's difficult. And I, t- I think that what Bournemouth have in their favour, they look like they'll always score goals. And OK, they're not great defensively, mm. but I think there's goals in their team. There's, you know, Defoe, obviously he's injured at the minute. Callum Wilson... They've got a lot of goals in their team, so I always fancy them. West Brom can't score a goal. Yeah. Oh, we mentioned Swansea with you know losing Sigurdsson and Lorente. It's half their goals. Almost first win, wasn't it, in six weeks or something? It's just there's so lack of cons- consistency yeah. down there. It doesn't seem to matter though. Really? You get a win. I mean, look at that from what twentieth to probably eleventh. Yeah. I mean, there's there's literally. Two win, a win or two, and, and you're literally out of it. You can make a case for any of those sides from getting out of this. You know, if Newcastle find a new owner and they go and buy players, they'll leap up. Crystal Palace under Roy have been solid. West Ham have improved under... Palace won't be anywhere near it in the end. No? No. At the moment, which three do you look at and fear the worst for? Mm-hmm. Swansea, still worrying me. West Brom are in a massive air situation. Newcastle, still worried. I don't think they score enough goals. I think Stoke will be fine. I think Bournemouth will be fine. West Ham, I think they'll be fine as well. Uh, for me, West Brom, Swansea... And uh, they're the ones, definitely, that look like the show. Before today, I was thinking Southampton were, were really rocking because of what they've done. They finished yeah. eighth, uh, sixth, seventh and eighth in the last four seasons. They've, this is their fourth manager now in as many years. Uh, this, the instability there, but they, that gave me a bit of hope there for them today. That they've got quality players, but I, if they don't get results, they'll slip down into that bottom three as well. But Swansea, mm. uh, Swansea will surely go down, I feel, even though what we've said about them. Just not enough investment in the team. I think Newcastle have to be worried. Um, Brighton at home say they need to win them type of games and they look like they're in free-for-all at the minute. And Brighton as well look like they're, they're struggling. And it's the same old problem with these teams. They can't score goals. 
Okay, well, let's talk about Stoke then. You mentioned there that you think Stoke are going to be absolutely fine. Um, it was a big day for them. There was so much talk about them on social media because of the team that Mark Hughes decided to take to Stamford Bridge. This is Craig. He's a Stoke fan. So it was 5-0 uh, in the end. I said it could be 10 at half-time. I think the other reason it wasn't because Chelsea were comfortable in their uh, performance. They knew they could have pushed on but didn't. It was just shocking. This has happened time and time again for Stoke. The second we concede, we give up. Happened again today. Fans were leaving well before full-time, some even before half-time. Newcastle on Monday is a huge game. If we don't win that, I really don't know where Hughes stands. Massive game coming on Monday. So, beaten today away at Stamford Bridge. There's, there's, there's no disgrace in that, but this is the list of teams that Stoke have beaten away from home in the last two years. Now, think about this if you're a Stoke fan and you travel home and away. In two years, Watford, Bournemouth, Hull, Sunderland, Stevenage, Southampton and Doncaster. That's from Daniel Storey, um, who's a journalist for Football 365. And bearing that in mind, bearing in mind they've got Newcastle, at home on Monday, which is a must-win game. This is the lineup that Mark Hughes decided to go with today, leaving some of his most experienced players at home and effectively saying, after making six changes, we're not going to get anything out of this game. So, yeah. yeah, but Rafa did it against uh, Manchester City, didn't he? He made probably about six changes. Eddie Howe did it against Manchester United. Nobody criticised him there. Managers are looking at those games as a free hit. Today, he didn't think he could get anything. The Newcastle game for Mark Hughes was far more important. I agree. It's only the full-backs, though, isn't there? We're yeah. really kind of inexperienced yeah. there. The rest of the team has a general experience within within the group. I think. But look it, who he's taken out there. You know, Ryan Shawcross, Kurzuma, two big leaders at the back. Joe Allen, Sheridan Shakiri, Peter Crouch, Chuba Moting, who's been in good form. You're putting everything on that Newcastle game, and you're, yeah. the players will now go into that Newcastle game fresh from a five-nil defeat. Well, he's going to live and die by that match. I'm afraid that's the, there's huge pressure now coming into into that game, and you look at the spine of their team. And you, and you look at, there's Fletcher there, there's Shawcross and there's Crouch. and It's an ageing group and he's pinning an awful lot on those three for him to get him out. It may work, it may not, but the Newcastle game was, is, is a really defining match. OK, well, let's hear from him. This is what he had to say after the game. I rested a number of players that have been carrying slight knocks so that they'd be fresh, ready to go. And some of the guys that played today needed to play. Uh, they haven't had enough game time. They've been banging on my door and I needed to acknowledge that and allow them the opportunity to play. So um, the decisions that weren't easy, uh, but there were decisions I was prepared to make. I've, I think we're going into a game against Newcastle. If we can get the win that we, we hope we will get, then this Christmas period will be a good return. We would have had two wins, a draw and a defeat to Chelsea. So on that basis, it would be a good return. So Monday becomes a big game for us. This is some social media reaction. Uh, Jonathan Giles said, this looks like the night where Hughes walks from Stoke. Been poor all season. In fairness, a change of manager is badly needed and we need better players too. Why Delia 10, Platform 2, Stoke Station. is going to be fun later. Hashtag Hughes out. Adam Wu, we were never going to win no matter what team we put out. It made sense to rest our players for Monday, which is a point that you made. Ben Locke said, he should have been sacked 15 months ago or last summer or last month. We've not done it and have gone from a forward-thinking club with tons of momentum to one that is stale and has run out of ideas and Floydy says um, I think you have to see how they deal with Newcastle but it could be it could be a good thing but it's very risky and, and that's really the point isn't it for Mark Hughes if they go and beat Newcastle by three suddenly we'll all turn around and say okay yeah you rested the players and it worked but it puts him in a difficult position for that Newcastle game if they don't get the result if they don't get the, re the result yeah of course it does but 
that's the position they're in at the minute. He needs to, in two days' time, he needs his fresh players for that game. Chelsea could go there with his best team and still get beat 5-0 mm. anyway. Um, I, I, don't, I don't like the way he's... He, he has gone to that game accepting defeat, which I, I don't like. I don't think that ever should, should happen. Um, but he's a manager, he's, he's an experienced manager. He's done great with Stoke over the last few years. What, they finished top ten every year? What, you know, what, what more the fans want? That, that's exactly the point, Scholes. What they finished last year, Stoke? They finished ninth for th ninth, yeah, so three successive seasons. Look, and if he stays in until the end of the season, they'll probably finish ninth or tenth again. The point is, you know, I think they just need to stick. Why will him. they finish ninth or tenth? Based on what? We've seen that. Based the last on the, four or based five on the years, strengths yeah. of the squad. Based on, I think Butland is, is one of the best young goalkeepers in the country. I think he'll, he'll, you know, keep him in the league virtually on his own. I think they, I think they need a goal scorer. I think they desperately need a number nine, Berahino. That hasn't really worked out for whatever reason. Relying on Crouchy, as, as Martin said. But I think the, the, the squad there is solid enough for them to stay mm. in the division. I don't think they'll panic, though. The board should panic. I think if you might look at West Bromwich Albion and what they've done, are they any better for changing their manager? No, definitely. And the performance. Actually... But West Ham are better, and Crystal Palace are better. Stoke were ninth for three successive seasons, thirteenth last year, and now they're in a relegation scrap. That, that's not going forward, no, is it? Mark for Stoke Hughes, fans. Mark Hughes is a fighter, and if you were to see the performance, the last home game where he came out into the stadium like he was a gladiator coming out into the arena. He was, he was fighting to the crowd, I, I want more. He was applauding everything. He came out and his team responded. And that was the difference between the two teams. I expect that when they play against Newcastle next time around. Um, let's talk about a lovely good news story from today, which is Eric Harrison, MBE, a man that Paul will know well. And this was, uh, this was David Beckham's tweet. He said today, uh, so proud of Eric for being awarded an MBE, someone that has done so much for me personally. Congratulations, Eric, to you and your family. You hear this so much from the class of of 92 what, why was Eric so important what did he do that other coaches before and after didn't he taught us everything about the game he taught us how to carry yourself how to be a Manchester United player he was he was, he was a scary man um, you know, was yeah, everybody was scared of him yeah but he got the best out of you his coaching was was second to none and you no, know, he fully deserves it for the amount of players he's brought through is is brilliant really. I, I always thought he was, he was like a mini me of Alex Ferguson of Sir Alex just so so much presence about him, a great coach, but you knew if you, you stepped out of line, you were getting it. And it, I think he prepared us ideally to be a Manchester United player. Perfect sort of introduction to what was to come mm -hmm. and the, the, the dynasty of football that they went on to achieve. But I think, you know, like the 92 class, I, I, I was in a class of 82 where there was a great group. Oh, yeah, we all talk about the class of 82. It's, they're yeah, famous. They're much better gets, class than 92. It never gets talked about. And to be honest, it wasn't a bad group. You know, yeah. with the likes of Adams and uh, Merson and Rowcastle, Thomas, uh, Quinn, uh, and Caesar and Hayes made it into the first team as well. Uh, if you want to put me into the group. <laughs> I, I was, but but were thought, you in the group? Well, we were in the group, yes. But when we actually made it into the first team, we didn't realise how good we were, really. And it, yeah. But when you saw your mates getting into the first team, I don't know if you had this the 92 group, you thought, well, if, if Neville can do it, yeah. then, then I can do it. Because you yeah. see them doing well, and it brings each one of you on, and then you become you galvanised, and it's great to do then with the kids that you came through with. Did you realise, maybe in the class of 82 and in the class of 92, that you were in a really special group, though? Because it, it's all you ever knew, wasn't it? You, you came through with these guys, so it was just how it was for you. Yeah, I, th I think we realised at the time we, we, we had a good team because we, you know you're winning every week, so that's a, a, a good indication. Did we ever think we was good enough to go and play for United for so many years? I, probably not at the time, no. But 
you have to remember we had a manager who believed in youth as well. Yeah. Um, he, he wanted, he, he, he was watching us all the time. He knew we was good. He obviously seen something in us that he liked. And he had to clear the squad out. I think he got rid of Konchelskis, Paulins, Mark Hughes. And he brought brought us all in and, and gave us that chance. And once brave you get the chance, to, you have to, take to it. play you, wasn't it? Because right, exactly, time yeah. having that bravery and seeing the talent that's there and keeping it all together. And it's the in the end, I mean, it means an awful lot for everybody within the club, doesn't it? The academy coaches, everybody you, to get your players. If they could get that again today, you'd want that for the next ten years, wouldn't you? Those players. When you see Rashford come through, it's yes. just, it, it's, it's a proud moment, isn't it? When you see a local lad come into yes. your into your team, because it it doesn't really happen now. We're so much money about everywhere. It's it's, it's very rare that, that, that many players come into the team who's, who's been a local lad. I want to ask Ozzy a question. He's probably the most humble person I've ever played with and probably the, the, one of the best, I've, probably the best genuine player I've ever played with. Did you, what, at what point did you realise you were special? I know you would never really say it, but at what point did you, you must have known that I'm, I'm pretty good at as good as the no, rest never, of the guys were. No, never. You I, never thought it. I never thought it. I always went from week to week, performance to performance, and I never. You never really feel like you're a first team player. Well, I, I just wanted to keep play, keep keep improving, but make sure I got picked the next week. The thing about Scott, I remember Scalzi, Martin, you probably remember as well. Whatever team he was on with the England team, and as good as everybody was, it was a brilliant generation. Whatever team he was on, won. And he used to get back on the coach, sit, sit at the table, not say a word. <laughs> and everybody used to get up, get on the coach and walk by and just look at him and go. Just like, <laughs> you know that's that, a disbelief. The thing that struck me was his tackling. People say, Scorsese can't tackle. Jesus. I remember... I remember an England training session with Phil Neville. You put him in the stand and I thought, oh, fair no, we, play. We He's going to do it to his own players. Oh, yeah, we, was, did, uh, we did that. Never held back. We, it, was we, not, it was unbelievable. We kicked lumps out of each other every yeah. day, but you, you were competing, you were competitive, yeah. you, you needed to get in the team. I, I'm not saying you go out to injure people, yeah. but me and Nicky every day. pushed each other on. Yeah, we're coming off with blood on our legs, everything, but that was the drive we had and the competition we had. You don't see a lot of that anymore, do you? That desire and that will and that special talent you need to get into a team. So when you were coming through, how much of that desire and that will was from Eric Harrison and from Sir Alex Ferguson and how much was it from each other? Just driving each other on, being so competitive in training because you were just desperate well, to start that, in midfield. Yeah, that, that was the environment Eric created. Um, he, I think he could see in us that there was obviously talent, but he was on to us all the time. There was never a, a moment where you could relax and think, "Yeah, I've made it now. I'm, I'm going to be playing. In the, I'm going to be playing every week. I'm a first team player." Never ever let you feel that way, right. and that it just made us so competitive. Like it, it was exactly the same as the manager. When you say he taught us about what it is to be a Manchester United player, what was that? What did he tell you? I think on the on the pitch, especially, that it was always, you know, you must always have confidence. You must must be brave. You must be able to take the ball anywhere on the football pitch. Mm. And that, that wasn't just for midfield players, for forwards, for defenders. You have to play forward. It was always a, it was always about being positive. The mindset was, you go out to win games. Okay. Look, you might concede goals, and they won't be happy with that. Don't get me wrong, but it was always thinking about scoring goals, winning games, and being positive. And it was something we—it was just the way it was brought. We all, we all loved being being that kind of kind of players. And then Sir Alex took it on and took all of you on the class in '92. What was he like with with young players? With that your debut against Port Vale when he just started giving you those first team opportunities. Yeah, again you. Like I said, you, you knew where you stood. If you weren't pulling your way, he'd have you. 
and that, and that was every single even day. Even when you were a teenager? Even when, of course, yeah, when you were a teenager. Yeah, it doesn't always work for everybody. It, it worked for us, obviously. But great manager, he just knew. And like I say, you, you have to have a manager who's willing to give you a chance, give young players a chance. And he, 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 he couldn't wait to give us a chance. And hopefully we paid him back. Do you remember stepping out of line as a young player and so relaxed having a word? Hmm. Um, yeah, I think we all do at some point, don't we? Um, we all get a... Were you scared of him, like you were scared yeah. of Eric? Were I, you? I'd still be scared of him now. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> I swear to God, it's he, just the presence about it. I'm not scared of him, obviously. You know, as a, as a young player, you, you do anything to keep on his right side. You see him coming down a corridor or something, you turn the other way because yeah. you just don't know what, what kind of mood he'll be in. But it was just the presence of the respect. Man. Yeah, I remember my respect. debut for Manchester United, played City away. Somehow we're down 1 0 at half time. Rio runs beyond me as a centre back. He's like, oh, and get in the dressing room quick. And I thought, why? I was 26 at the time. I was relatively established. And he said, Gaffer's going to go crazy. So I thought, get in the dressing room. And even Rio, as vocal as he is and as funny as he is, you, you know, he was scared. You're not scared, but he was like, he knew, he knew the manager. Mm. And we got in actually fair. But do you remember? And he said, uh, said you know, I don't know how you're behind, but he, di he didn't actually go mad. But I just remember Rio's reaction, that he was genuinely frightened of the manager's reaction. And that's probably why the players invested so much for him, because they never, ever wanted to let him down. I think usually the problem for them was what might have been application. Because they had the talent, didn't they? Yeah. As you could see, they had all the, the gifted players were throughout the team. It was getting the blend. He, he had a succession of teams for Alex Ferguson, didn't he? He kept recreating. Mm -hmm. But that sort of common theme was the youngsters in the team. So it was about getting that extra from them. And he knew he had the, he had the measure of the team. And, you know, if you didn't pull your weight, you didn't stay there, did you? That, that, that was his biggest thing, desire and drive to actually do it. I think if he, if he saw this team playing out today, I'd, I'm sure if he's watching at home or he's been here today, be... He'd be having kittens at what he's watching. You think so? Yeah. You have to have that dynamo, don't you? In any dressing room, somebody has to beat. You know, you you run to the tune of the manager, and if you don't do it, you don't you don't produce, then you don't play. Yeah. You know, that's how they you vote with your feet when you're with your players. You're in the side if you perform. If you don't, you're out. And finally, what did the uh, famous hairdryer consist of? Swear words. A lot of swear words. Really. Uh, right in your face. Flying boots. Yeah. A bit <laughs> <awesome>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're just going to stop for a moment to say well done to all the fans of Brighton who've made the 700 mile round trip, 22 hours they'll be travelling for and watching football today to support their team in the Premier League. Those are the people that make football and this is Tom. He's just shared a little bit of his day with us. Tom. <clears throat> Morning all. Happy match day. Yeah, Newcastle away today. It's a bit weird waking up at half four in the morning. My mate's just coming out now. We're off to go to the coach drop-off point. Just arrived there over at Cambridge for the services. Probably had about an hour's sleep in the three-hour journey so far. Looking over to the driver's sat now, right in the front, during the next 10 minutes. So, actually buzzing. Just seen there, Thomas and James's Park as well. So, the 350 miles and six and a half hour trip here to Newcastle. Just look what's happening. The players are virtually ants from up here and you can just see over here you've got a lovely picturesque view at least of Newcastle City. So at least you've got that as well if the football is pretty bad but here's hoping that it's going to be a semi-decent game. Okay, half time here at St James's Park, Newcastle definitely having the most of the chances there and they're probably just about he gets the better sides in the first half. That's a frustrating result really, nil nil, it's not exactly what you wanted when you're climbing up 20 flights of stairs, travelling 350 miles to get to Newcastle on the coach for six and a half hours. With Bournemouth getting a win today, um, it's going to be an interesting one on New Year's Day, so 
every point matters, so here's to the magical 40. I think a round of applause. I've been saying we should give him a round of applause. Still five hours from home. They're the people that make football, aren't they? What's football? I mean, the dedication without is, fans is crazy. So All that way for a nil-nil as well. <laughs> yeah. Five. Maybe it's a good... I think they've lost five on the try at home, Newcastle, before this. Maybe it's not a good result, but any point yeah. away from home... Well, it just, as he said, it edges them, doesn't it, towards that 40 points, which if we you're right... We take it for granted, don't we, 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 in the planes and the trains and everywhere that yeah. we, we travel as players and the fans. It's a hell of a journey for them today. What time are you getting your private jet home, then? <laughs> I've cancelled it because it's going to go on a bit, this programme tonight. So. <laughs> no, always finishes at nine o'clock. Has done for a season and a half. <laughs> uh, right, uh, let, let's talk about New Year's resolutions. Um, I've made a couple. Uh, but not about football. So let's talk about football news resolutions. Um, Manchester United. What do you want to see from Manchester United in the new year? Just be a bit more optimistic, a bit more positive, you know, and um, just have a go. Tr trust all the boys to, f to play. Be a bit more ambitious. I think, they, I think they have the players to be a bit more ambitious and uh, inside it out. But I think considering finishing sixth last season, just in third right now, um, I think they've been better than last season, but there's still room for improvement. Scalzi? Um, I'd like them to win the FA Cup, the Champions League. <laughs> City lose every game. Yeah. United win every game and win the league. Can you see it happening? No. <laughs> FA Cup might happen. I'm not sure about yeah. the rest. You've got to have dreams, <laughs> haven't you? It's all about dreams. But I mean, what you really want is just a bit more entertainment, isn't it? A bit, as, as Owen said, just believe a bit more in your yeah, football. A, a, a bit more desire. I said that was a big word for, for Sir Alex Ferguson. This, this team at the minute, I, I, I don't see it. Really don't see it. Martin, what about Arsenal? Well, the saga of Ozil and Sanchez, please God, could it just go away and we don't have to talk about it anymore. And where they, they resolve that one way or another. Uh, of course what do you think will happen to the two of them? I think that they'll stay until the end of their contracts. They're, they're that close to it now. Uh, I see no benefit in selling them. You know, you, you, If they stay, then there's a good chance of the Champions League, which is not going to be easy. If they go, I don't see that happening. So I would keep them there and to, to try to position Arsenal in the Champions League for next season. And as ruthless as it sounds, if you were either player, why would you leave anyway? Because if you're on a free transfer at the end of the season, you're, you're massively valuable. And if they get you for free, it gets reflected in your wages. So It's always pointing in that, in that direction. Or it looks looked more recently like Sanchez is just feels suffocated by being asked to stay. Um, and, and he just wants to get out and yeah. play somewhere else. But if he went to City now, he wouldn't really be a part of that story, would he? He wouldn't really... He, would he look at his Premier League medal, which they're going to win by the end of February anyway, and feel he really played a part? Don't you think uh, it's scary that, that Sanchez, Ozil and even Jack Wilshere contracts can run out and they can be on a free, just from a club's perspective? The club have got it wrong, but they've been trying for the last two and a half years to get Ozil and Sanchez to sign. They were never had any intentions. I think Jack is different. Yeah, for Jack sure. will definitely sign. But now it's even a, his position is terrific, isn't it, and from a bargaining perspective? It is, and they've, but they've waited too long with Jack because Jack has now come good and he, he's looking like the real deal again and it's going to be an expensive one for Arsenal to get that in the bag. And what about your New Year's resolution as far as England are concerned? What would you, what's your dream for England in 2018? What do you want to see from them? I want to see them compete in the World Cup. I think Gareth's got some really good young players there. I think it's about time. I, I, I don't think we should, there'll be any pressure put on him because of, of what's happened in previous years. It's not been, it's not been good enough. We know that. Let's hope he has a good run. He gets them to the quarterfinals, semi-finals. I think that'd be acceptable. And be brave with his squad selection. I think he is anyway. Isn't yeah. I think he's anyway. He's playing lots of youngsters. He's giving people opportunities. I think that you know we work with the 21s, so we're seeing people in there that we might not have done. Um, the likes of Abraham in this eye that we've he's been decent, maybe hasn't played that well recently. 
You've got to give youngsters opportunity. The sooner they get that debut out of the way, the better. I think the goalkeeper ones are... Yeah. Oh, massive. Play, play a young keeper. Problem for him, forget yeah. the fear failure that we've had with England in the history of it. Forget it. You know, put it in the past. Trust these young kids. Yeah. There's some great young players there. Yeah. Have a go. See it as a free hit. And, and is it pointing, do you think, towards Pickford? Because Butland is conceding goals left and centre, playing in goal for Stoke. We've had Fraser Forster dropped. That, 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 that so had their Jordan chance. Pickford, Trust the young kids. Even if they fail this time around, they'll grow mm. together. I think we should play with a four, not a three. I think that was yes last season in vogue, not yeah. this season. And I think you look at look at the Man City blueprint, the way they have a midfield player sitting and the two players other side. We can do that with Harry Kane at the top. Why not? Harry Kane. Everybody's looking at him across Europe, saying what a good player he is. Thanks for listening to the Premier League Tonight podcast. Next week, attention turns to the FA Cup and we're live with FA Cup tonight following Chelsea's third round tie away to Norwich. But if you've enjoyed this week's show, please subscribe and also feel free to leave a five-star review and we'd be most grateful. Thanks for listening and bye-bye for now.